Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. What does immunity taste like? Well, as it turns out, it tastes like green tea, honey, blood orange, or pretty much anything you want it to. According to Google Trends data, online searches for the combined terms food and immune system skyrocketed by over 600% between February and March 2020. Now, as demand for immune-enhancing products increases, manufacturers have an opportunity to innovate with immune-supporting ingredients and flavors. My next guest is doing just that. Joining us now is Ryan Kukurusevich, the corporate chef at the flavor firm Wixen. Welcome to the NutriCast, Chef. Hey there, Danielle. How are you doing today? Good, good. So, Chef, part of your job right now is applying your culinary expertise to immune-enhancing ingredients and flavors. I have to ask, is this a skill you learned in culinary school or was it developed amid the pandemic? I would just say, Danielle, I was fortunate enough within my culinary training, have a variety of dietitian or nutritionalists uh, have that type of presence. So it, it wasn't necessarily something learned, but rather implied. Obviously, with the COVID pandemic, it's, it has become a greater focus and, and prominence. And in short, it, it no, it, it wasn't something that was uh, inherent within my culinary training. You know, I'm sure when you were going to culinary school, a pandemic was not something that was ever discussed or even, I'm sure, imagined in, in talking not, about immune enhancing flavors and ingredients. Not for even a, a, a split second. So achieving flavor, that's one thing, but how do you develop an efficacious dose? Or is that something that you leave to your clients when they're advertising? Well, it's inherent within the organization that it's our responsibility for those processors, manufacturers, clients that we work with to inform them. And even if it's something that is seems relatively obvious, it's just greatly important to to just overshare or expound upon these these types of details. We want to see our customers succeed. We cannot succeed as an organization without our customers. So that type of learning and that informative exchange is uh, absolute uh, necessity uh, when we engage with our customers and clients. Mm -hmm. So just to clarify, when you're talking about elderberry and things that promote and support immunity, are you making health claims with these ingredients? Well, we're certainly implying that with integrity and uh, ultimately consistency of use. And there is a inherent potential, right, uh, that these, in this case, elderberry, is going to have a positive effect on your physicality. So, again, you've got to be careful because it's not, a, a one-and-done kind of approach, this is going to have a positive effect, but it, it's, it's not going to be enduring. You, you know, again, we can't tell consumers how often. Uh, we're, we're not physicians, we're not doctors in, in that sense, but fruits, vegetation have an inherent and grand positive effect on our physical well-being. 
When it comes to flavoring food and beverages with these ingredients, how do you go about selecting the flavors that might increase or complement a product's health perception? I'll just lead into uh, what Wixen has been up to as of recent. We quarterly put on a customer innovation, ultimately a platform that allows us to share trends with our prospects and intel and and just in a way to let them know hey we're 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 on it we're on the pulse and and in this case uh as of recent uh we've we've put together some some protoceps uh one of which was a uh, smoky berry blueberry in this case and elderberry uh meat stick so in terms of that call out we capture it immediately we're able to take these, these paper concepts and convert them into tangible product. So that smoky berry elderberry meat stick is interesting. What was the reaction to that? You would think, well, sweet and meat, but in this case, we're leveraging that fusion: sweet, spicy, savory maybe herbaceous. You can capture all of these nuances in, in such a way that you catch people off guard. So you have this just enough familiarity with just enough new to not frighten or, or uh, deter a consumer, or in this case, our direct co-manufacturer that we might be working with or, or processor. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges working with these ingredients? Well, I would say immediately sourcing. It's first and foremost, the cost to procure, say, one ton of elderberry. It's not feasible. So sourcing is, is absolutely the, the greatest challenge. Knowing that, it's inherent, it's understood that sourcing is always, no matter if it's garlic powder or, in this case, uh, elderberry there's always going to be some kind of inherent challenge. So it has to be especially difficult right now with immunity products in such high demand. How are you handling that? Is there a long wait for these ingredients or or do you have multiple sources that you're using? Definitely. Again, we, it's important not to place all your eggs in one basket Um, because again, with, in my experience in one a supplier can backfire and it can it can spoil your whole plan you know that 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 product's lifespan is ultimately dependent upon the source in which it uh, when we limit ourselves and and um, even when you have a multitude of sources there's regionally there's only so many places we can grow avocados right there's only so many places we can we can harvest corn efficiently. So it's important to keep that expansive. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. We don't know how long COVID will be here, if it's possibly here to stay, who knows. But there's also other things that people have to take into consideration, like you know, different weather could take out regions and you sure. could be left totally. without certain ingredients. You have to strategize and you have to plan for that ultimate and, and just undesired failure in order to modulate accordingly. So 
leaning into that, just flexibility. What about challenges in terms of taste? Do you ever run into certain ingredients that might have a a taste of medicine or something that you kind of have to cover up or somehow work with? Absolutely. It's realizing what these components, what they impart in terms of flavor. Experience is the greatest and most profound means of understanding. You have a bitter, stringent green Well, how do I pair that with something that's, that's complementary? There is a, a essential and necessary acumen that a developer, a chef, a food scientist, whatever it may be, has to have that kind of sensibility. So elderberry, there, there's an inherent uh, bitter quality and astringent aftertaste prevalent in this ingredient. So how do we pair that? How do we counter that? How do we offset it? Well, we take something more sweeter. I'll bounce back to that smoky berry, elderberry meat stick that we lean into something sweeter to offset that astringency. And then we'll overlay some citrus uh, components within that profile to further subdue that bitter quality. When we talk about astringency, I immediately go to black tea, green tea, any kind of tea. We can go to the extreme of coffee. That type of just aftertaste effect on the palate, we offset it with sweet, we offset it with sour, and we balance that in a way that creates a desirable flavor profile or prototype. So down the road, when COVID passes, whenever that might be, are botanicals like acai, green tea, and other immune-supporting ingredients here to stay? Or will even a hint of elderberry just taste like pandemic? You're ultimately talking about the conscientious eater. Even more so in the last couple decades, part of the population that eating with a purpose, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So these flavors were trending even before the pandemic began. If anything, I I really feel consumers are going to walk away with a larger awareness of how ingredients can help them maintain a healthy immune quality. These flavors are not going away. They're not going away. I'm sure, you know, you were probably a conscientious eater before, but being in the test kitchen even more lately and testing out some of these ingredients more than ever, you're not sick of them yet, long story short. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Okay. Because how much flavor, how much function, how much can I get out of these ingredients? What is the limit? They're not going anywhere. So they're not going anywhere. Do you have any other insights or forecasts for some trends and ingredients? Well, in in terms of trends, I mean, mean, again, I'll lean into this whole COVID uh, pandemic, comfort foods. In times of doubt, all of us, every one of us have found some kind of nurturing and and just food that we've grown up with through our culture. Fried chicken, mac and cheese. I say those two things and I realize from a nutritional standpoint, it's hard to get any any kind of like worse in terms of like, (laughs) right? What's good for the soul isn't always good for the body, but that's a whole nother broadcast. Right. You, you just find yourself reminded of just simpler times. And uh, these things, they, they lend themselves in innovative ways and opportunities. Again, from, from a chef standpoint and a food developer standpoint, food scientist, that whole gamut. We're able to put spins on these classic comforts, classic flavors. 
and deliver them in ways that, hey, chicken and waffles were chicken and waffles, but if somehow you can overlay chicken and waffles onto almonds or cashews, I'm going to dig right in. You know what I mean? So as a Westerner, as an American, uh, pizza is my, my safety net. You know, <laughs> I think the pizza is everybody's safety net. <laughs> right. You, you know, so I'm going to go get a slice of pizza and all of a sudden, you know, even when pizza is bad, it's still pretty good. You, you know, it's like a chocolate chip cookie. So, you know, we just find ourselves in these kind of just really simple and just safe havens. Mm-hmm. You know? um, it allows us to keep going. And, yeah. And- so don't limit yourself in this era of wellness treat yourself perhaps to some chicken and waffles. <laughs> Absolutely. Or a slice of <laughs> or a creamy bowl of mac and cheese. Oh, Whatever all of might. the above, all of the <laughs> above. <laughs> Jeff Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast to share some of the science oh, that goes into developing immunity ingredients and flavors. It was my pleasure. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.